you probably know this. Those guys? You probably know Let's do this. I'm really fired up. I'm really fired up for this one. Okay. If you're given if you're given the floor to say anything about sticks whatsoever, where do you start? Um, prog rock without the self awareness of Rush. Interesting. I think I could start there. Okay. Okay. I, I think I think that if you I, I you have to compare them to something other than just your run of the mill '70s rock band. Right. Um, because Styx had this idea that they were going to be very theatric, or at least one guy in Styx had that idea. Like, and so performance-wise, like in like in he, concerts, or like actually just oh, even oh, on the CD albums, or yeah, both, okay. both, and 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 a lot of lyrics that are just kind of off into the realm of fantasy, you know? Right. Um, not fantasy like two chicks at the same time. Um, but fantasy, like, you know, dragons and, you know, Styx is named after the river Styx, which is some sort of like river of fire or something. I don't know. And, and um, for those kinds of guys, fantasy might also include just one chick at a time. Just, well, just one. <laughs> just, yes. <laughs> Lots of songs about possibly losing virginity. Again, totally fantasy, but... Yeah, right. just one, just one chick, or a, a, a man with delicate features, one <laughs> or the other. Um, it was the seventies, so, or these guys eighties. It 80s? was the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> so sticks. And listen, in the seventies, uh, really, were there any rules? No, there were no rules. So, um, so sticks. Yeah, they had this idea they're gonna be really like you know, theatric, and their lyrics are like full of like weird fantasy type stuff, and so. You, you hear that and you think, okay, it's kind of like prog rock a little bit and it's a little bit like Rush, but it's not. Uh, because Rush is three guys who are very aware that they are complete nerds and they make like no attempt to be cool, right? They're just, they are three nerds who stayed nerds and are nerds to this day, the two that are still with us. And they're fine with that. They own it. They're completely okay with that. And what you have with Sticks is this band where like, one guy is the nerd and the other dominant participant in this band, the other dominant band member is like a real just rock and roll guy and they are very oil and water. Interesting. And, and so what this leads to are some really interesting songs, uh, but it also led to the eventual and very predictable end <laughs> of the band uh, which they're still going, but those two members, um, I'm, I feel sure will never play it together again. Like they absolutely hate each other. So is this, uh, is this the Pink Floyd sort of situation where actually there's sort of a touring band still that's most of the group except for one of the guys? What's the situation? Yeah. Now? Okay. Well, okay. So sticks, let's start at the beginning. Sticks sure. started with, with three guys and it was the Panazzo brothers. Okay. Um, uh, John Panazzo, Chuck Panazzo. Um, one was the drummer, one was the bass player, okay. and then Dennis DeYoung. Okay. Dennis DeYoung, <laughs> as a teenager, was like an accordion player. <laughs> um, now, if you want to identify... Is this the one who's the real rock star personality or not? 
if you want to identify who's the nerd in sticks, <laughs> identify the one who was the accordion player as a teenager. <laughs> who gets <laughs> like I could see myself getting into accordion now at this stage in my life. I wouldn't put it past me. But as a teenager, right. <laughs> like who would be caught dead playing the accordion? Weird um, out, I guess. But, uh... Well, and he's made enough, but that's why we can't play the accordion. None of us could live up to that type of standard. That's Put true. him on the list, by the way. Weird that's, Al. That's another guy who Al is, uh, you know, self-aware of the, of the nerd uh, classification. Extremely self-aware. Right, right. All right. So you have Chuck and John Panazzo and Dennis DeYoung, and, okay. and they form this band. Eventually, they call the band Sticks. And I'll just give you one guess of how many of those guys are currently full-time members of the current iteration of Sticks. Zero or one? That is correct. Zero. Uh, one <laughs> of them. Awesome. One okay, of, wait, wait. So this band of, was okay. formed by three dudes. Yes. The, the name sticks. The brand I can go see sometime in the last five years on a crazy tour for a lot of money. It has oh, yeah. none of the original members in it. Period. There, there's the bass player Chuck Panazzo. He does play with them um, sporadically. In fact, he's been he plays with them every time I see them, and he comes out like halfway through the show, which is a little bit unstable because they have a full time bass player. But Chuck Question. Panazzo, like he he has like HIV or something, so he can't play like full okay. shows. Oh, okay, okay. But he's had HIV. He's he's got like the Magic Johnson HIV. Like he's had it since two thousand. Okay. So, um, so he seems to be doing okay. You said you've seen them. Uh, what happens to that second basis? Is it kind of personnel change? Or does he kind of stand there? No, they both play. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm oh. telling you, it's a real unstable scene. <laughs> um, you know, in fact, a, a funny story about that um, is that, a, a, you know, a, 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 through a couple of connections through, like, my brother, you know, our family happened to get to know Greg Raleigh, who was the lead singer and the keyboard player for Santana. And I, I, I want to say this is correct. It's either Sticks or REO Speedwagon. I don't remember. But let's, for the sake of this conversation, let's say it's Sticks. Um, uh, my brother said he, this guy, Greg Raleigh, was on the, on the phone with his cousin. And he, they were talking about uh, rehearsing. And his cousin said, no, like, we're rehearsing for our next tour. And, and Greg, he said, all he could hear was Greg's side of the conversation. He goes, you still have to rehearse that crap? <laughs> like, been, how long have you been playing the same songs? Right. Like, <laughs> so, okay, so they form they form Sticks in 1972. And if you go back and listen to those first couple of Sticks albums, there's one hit, and I don't think I put this on the list, but there's one hit written by Dennis Young that's called Lady. And if you heard Lady, you would know it. You'd okay. reckon it was a staple of classic rock, KZPS, uh, when we were growing up. Okay. Uh, like, you, you've definitely heard Lady. Like, that was their one hit at that time. Um, the rest of, of those albums, I actually listened a little bit today just to kind of refresh my memory. Pretty unlistenable, but pretty bad. <laughs> Did um, you, is this a skipping around kind of thing, or kind of... Uh see how far you can get into each album before you have to stop or what was the what was the method you know you hit the first song you give it a, a minute and then you're like okay let's let's move on let's then you hit the next song and you're like let's try the next album so i mean think how many, think albums, very how many cool. albums did you go through how many of them did you get the first song through uh, once you get to about 75, 76, then they get a lot more listenable, and we'll okay. talk about why that is. There's a reason for that. 
Um, so first couple of albums, pretty bad, pretty, I mean, think of a very like poor man's rush. Um, they have these three guys and then they also have always had like kind of a hired hand lead guitar slash lead singer, like a real rock and roll guy. Um, but the guy they had in the beginning was just kind of a guy who's a, he's, you know, just a nobody. You, you wouldn't know his name. Um, but then in 75, their lead guitar player quits, like kind of just suddenly. And they have to scramble to find a new lead guitar player and singer. And, and when I say singer, there's two lead singers. There's, okay. there's always the lead guitar player. I was wondering, like, this band is like, you know, I, for a minute there, I thought it was all the backing band and like, yeah, we're sticks with, you know, sort of the no. Van Halen situation where just like so there's the evolving cast yeah. of front, front men who like define no. the band, but he's not Van Halen. You're like, what? So there's the keyboard player who's kind of, he's, he's the nerd, right? Dennis DeYoung is, is, is the nerd of the band. Mm -hmm. And, and, and he's always been a lead singer, but they've always been aware at least that like they needed a real front man. Right. And so, so their, their guitar player slash singer quits. And so they hire this guy named Tommy Shaw. Okay. Uh, I have heard that name past Yeah, Tom, Tommy, yeah, Tommy Shaw from Montgomery, Alabama. And this is similar to like, you know how Fleetwood Mac were like, they were basically nobodies. And then right. they hired Stevie, Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham and suddenly they, their fortunes turned. Right, exactly. Same kind of um, situations? Very similar situation. Tommy Shaw comes in and like, he's got great songs. He's got a great voice. He's a great guitar player. Like suddenly uh, Sticks fortunes really turns around. And so uh, their first album with Tommy Shaw, they, they have these hits. Like they're all of a sudden, like they are doing really, really well. Um, and so you have this weird, like this weird, um, uh, you know, thing with their, their songs where you'll have like part of the song is like this hard rock stuff. Right. And then it'll go into this weird, like keyboard thing that doesn't feel like it fits with the rest of the song. And then boom, back into the guitar. And it kind of works. Like it kind of works for a while. Um, so they had a couple of like a little while into a song or like several albums. This is all no, no, okay. no. Like it worked. It worked like for a few years. It's this weird mix of kind of oil and water, but it, it, it works. Like it really works for a few years. And in '77, they have their big like breakthrough album uh, called "The Grand Illusion," and it has several huge hits. Um, both lead singers like have their share of, of hits on that album. Some of it is both of them, uh, you know, together on a song. And there's some stuff on there that you've definitely heard. You've probably heard the Grand Illusion. You've definitely heard Come Sail Away. Right, definitely. So uh, um, just for clarification, the um, this is the first album that new guy is on, or is this a couple albums in where like the oil? This and water is like thing? his. This, you know, this is like his second. Okay, the first okay. he only had like one song. Oh, okay. The second one, like it's now it's really working and like it's multi-platinum, like they were enormous at that time okay. and they're playing stadiums or opening up for big bands and like they're, they're huge okay. uh, for, 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 for a few albums. Um, you know, then they have a, um, you know, then another album, Pieces of Eight, which is another like lots of hits, just massive multi-platinum album. Okay. Um, that they that they hit now i 
just those albums, not the last song I told you to listen to. I am curious because every song I gave you was probably from those two albums. Yeah, it seemed like they. I'm curious. When you listen to those, have I described it relatively accurately? That yeah, there is some rock so. stuff mixed in with a huge, a huge mix kind of, of complete nerdum. Yeah, 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 sort of the. Um, I kept thinking of like Bohemian Rhapsody all of the time as I was listening to it. This stuff where you'd be like, "Well, that seems weird. Oh my God, what's going on?" And then you'd be like, "Wait, it's it's working. It's, this does work. I'm you know more prepared for it." Um, I got like I got a heavy like sort of Queen vibe slash uh, ELO kind of vibe, but I mean I, that was part of what I'm curious about is who are these guys contemporaries? Who, who were their sort of influences? Were they just kind of in a world of their own or? No, I mean I it's, it, I I would call them in a world of their own because no one else I don't think anyone else really sounded like them. Okay. I don't think they ever had the kind of respect that like ELO had. Right. Um, I don't think they ever had the kind of respect that Queen had certainly. Right. Um, you know, no one's no one's going to make a movie about Dennis DeYoung when he passes away. Okay. Um, you know, they, they never had that kind of respect, but they had fans. They were popular, and I would call them. I mean, it's it's not um, maybe it's unfair to call them this, but I would almost call them just like a poor man's version of a lot of those bands. Okay. Um, okay. You know, like they had some of those ideas, and they had some great songs, but it was never at that like legendary status. You right. Know? Like they never, they never achieved that level. And, but it was, it was a fun listen. And, you know, I'd call it like, I, you know, I, I love to go to like a really nice expensive restaurant and have a, like a $20 hamburger, but sometimes a quarter pound Sometimes you good, got sticks. You know, You're sometimes you just. All of Spotify yeah. is broken except for like one artist and one album in particular. And it's not any of those yes. good ones. And you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so what, what you have is a band that was wildly successful, made a ton of money. Um, and, and so what, what happens, um, you know, when, when you have that situation is everyone starts, starts trying to gain a little bit more power and a little bit more control, right? right so, right. Um, of course, the guy who started the band, Dennis DeYoung, he has this idea that they want to do a concept album about like a robot that becomes self-aware. Is this uh, Mr. Roboto or? This is Mr. Roboto. <laughs> and it is. Awesome. It, somehow like it was popular. People liked it. Right. And it's so terrible. It's so bad. Right. It's so unlistenable. Right. Like you listen to it, right? Right, I did. Yeah, and I'd, I'd heard it before. It's just like one of those songs like, um, like Turning Japanese is another one I think of. You know, mm-hmm. or uh, the the I'm too sexy song. Just these ones are just like this throwaway, <laughs> like almost one hit wonder weird thing. I had no idea that was sticks because I knew of, like Come Sail Away and whatnot. And that one, I mm-hmm. was like, oh, it's just some like, I don't know, early '80s band or something that's just got the one hit that they're you know afterwards they went and like hit their faces, but apparently not. Apparently, um, stood strong behind this this legacy. No. Thing. It's so crazy because they, they uh, again, okay, so I, I'm curious. When you listen to those other songs from their first couple of albums, Crystal Ball was one that I gave you that was from the first. That was Tommy Shaw's first real song with Sticks okay. was, was Crystal Ball. Sure. But, I mean, when you hear that, you think to yourself, my God, this is unlistenable. Or is it at least just kind of like, okay, it's it's different, you know? That, that's yeah, how I, I feel. I think it was more it's of kind a- of like 
Yeah, I think it was more of the latter, where it's like the same kind of thing as like the ELO thing for me. There's like I've listened to several albums, and there's one I like in particular, but it can just kind of be a little bit hit or miss or whatever. But it wasn't like mm-hmm. it was. This is a bad song. Somebody like had no idea what they were doing musically when they made this. It was just like not necessarily, I guess, as you know, uh, as catchy, I guess, as some of the ones. I'll be honest. The only song I knew was "Come Sail Away." And that, of course, like probably most of our audience, comes from the Eric Cartman of South Park cover of Come Sail Away. Yes. That happened yes, some random time there in the middle. Yeah. And that was where I was like, oh, there's a band who makes that song. That wasn't a made-up song for the South Park. Uh, so, well, so my experience was a little bit, a little light here on this band. But uh, yeah, listening to it, like I said, I felt like ELO. I felt like there were... There were uh, you know, moments of like Queen and stuff, and in particular, sort of this operatic concept album, you know, a theatrical kind of thing to it. And I was wondering if like all of them are concept albums, or is it just kind of a little bit disjoint here and there? Or I, I don't know that they were all necessarily concept albums, although I think that was something they were always striving towards. I think that's something that they wanted. Right. And, um, but Mr. Roboto was a very unfortunate result because <laughs> that is not what they all wanted. That was what one guy wanted. Okay. And they all, for whatever reason, went along with it. And so they do this tour. And this tour, they are playing stadiums. Like, they're playing Texas Stadium. They're playing the, <laughs> or I'm sorry, the Cotton Bowl. They're playing the Astrodome. And Tommy Shaw has said, like, the only way I got through that tour, because think about it, you're a guitar player. You're a rock and roll guy. Right. And you're out there having to sing about robots. <laughs> right. And he's basically said he just did like a massive amount of cocaine to get through that tour. <laughs> like he just, he just. And this is, they, and like, this is the, uh, the the concept album style tour where they're like, we're not going to play anything you guys like, top to bottom. This whole track list of this record, and then we'll play "Come Sail Away" at the very end. That kind of thing. Well, or? that's what he's. That's what Tommy Shaw said. He said that was the problem is you, you go to the Astrodome and there's 70,000 people waiting to see Sticks. Mm-hmm. And you go out there and you start singing this concept album about robots and people are <laughs> booing. Right. Like people are booing yeah. because they want to hear right. the angry young man. They want to yeah. hear Blue Collar Man. They want to hear Come Sail Away. Right. And they're sticking with this stupid concept album that nobody wants to hear. And I say it was popular. I mean, people bought it. But right. as far as the mainstream goes, still their hits were their hits. Yeah, know? exactly. Huh. Their hits were their hits, and and it was just man, it was it's so weird to see a band take such a left turn, right, uh, like that, and completely implode. And so what happened is through the '80s and the '90s, like they are breaking up and getting back together, breaking up, getting back together. They do this several times. Okay. And. Finally, in 1996, they have this album called Return to Paradise, and it does really well, and they do a tour. And it's like a big success. It's like the Big Sticks reunion tour. Okay. And big success. They're playing the hits. Things are good. And then they do another album, and they're ready to tour again, and Dennis DeYoung all of a sudden develops this this, uh, medical condition where he's super sensitive to light and sound and <laughs> he's like oh I, I can't go on he, i yeah, can't go on tour and the other guys in sticks are like are you fucking kidding me <laughs> like all we've put up with through the years and now you can't go on tour 
Right. And he's like, no, no, no. I need, I need time to get, uh, get my health right. I, I can't. I can't go on tour like this. But you guys go do. And they I just. I really think we should do a revival of the Mr. Roboto tour. <laughs> Mr. Roboto. You guys go do that. So I'll fired. be back. So they just fired him. They were just like, screw it. We are <laughs> going out with another keyboard player. We're gonna find a guy who can play keyboard and who can sing, and he's going to sing the Dennis DeYoung songs. Okay, so at this we're point, just going we're, on we're down to three. This is the second lead guitarist, almost probably some of their minds, replaceable sort of or something, until those yeah. big albums hit that were like, okay, no, he's bigger than all of us. The other two are the brothers, right? We've got the drummer and the bassist still in the band. The, for all intents and purposes, basically okay. Roger Waters is out, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. More than that, I'd say at this is, point is the he, drummer is he is he the out drummer, like is that guy in particular out like everybody hates him or just like this health oh, condition is yeah. not going to work? So we oh gotta... no no no, they already hated him. Okay, they were just okay. putting up with him. Right, and right. so then when you add the fact that now he's being difficult about when he wants tour, right. they're like screw it, right. I'm, we're done with this guy. We hate this guy anyway. Okay. Um, even though he started the band. Right. Um, and he sang <laughs> half of our hits right. and probably wrote half of them too right. I, it doesn't matter, we're, we're out so the drummer at this point, the original drummer he has died of cirrhosis of the liver okay um, the, there's another guitar player who's been with him, not from the beginning but from very early on and he's still with him, he's still with him to this day okay. uh, J.Y. Young and, and then you have Tommy Shaw who was not with him from the beginning but it you know, sticks. He had a big hand in there, and people, I think, view him as sticks more than anyone else these Man, days. Right? Yeah. So this, this is where my interest in sticks began. Because of the drama, so, or or like no, the time? This not, is the timeline where you heard of them, or this is the t- well, I'd heard of them because I grew up listening to freaking KZPS. Okay. And, um, you know, you hear Come Sail Away, you hear The Angry Young Man. Had you never heard that song? You'd really never heard that song before? No, I'd heard Angry Young Fooling, Man Fooling in yourself? passing, but I just didn't know. Uh, okay. I didn't know it was Sticks. It was one of those kind of situations where I was like, oh, okay. And same thing with the Mr. Roboto. It's like, obviously, compared to like the, the one yeah. song I know being Come Sail Away, I was like, yeah, it's, you yeah. Know, there's no, I, that would have never entered the realm of possibility of like, Oh, this is probably the same band that just come sail away. It's the same thing you're saying. Yeah. Like, can you imagine being like, oh, this is like Fleetwood Mac or this is Rush or whatever, you know? I, I, right. I, I can see it being like a Roger Waters solo album thing in the 80s. Absolutely. Mr. Roboto seems just about right. Like, the level of quality we're looking for here. But, um, yeah, no, it was a real, like, curveball. Yeah, I, I think it's fair to say Sticks, they probably have a dozen songs that you've heard. Like, if okay. you attended, it's similar to, like, Matchbox 20. Like, if you attended a Sticks show, you would spend the entire show going, oh, well, I know that song. Right. Like, you would do that over and over and over again, just not realizing that that's who it was. Okay. Um, so, this is my, I mean, I knew those songs, and just because I was a fan of classic rock, I, I kind of liked them. And other songs that I didn't give you, like Renegade and um, you know things like that, I I I liked them okay. I never thought about going to see them live or anything. But back in 2002, I was living in Pensacola, Florida, which is a time of my life you don't know much about. We should probably keep it that way. Um, <laughs> but at the time, I was working for a hockey team, a minor league hockey team, and. <laughs> 
our offices were at the arena. Okay. And Styx was starting their new tour at that arena. So they were rehearsing like the entire week at the oh, arena. No. Okay, okay. Styx was there. It wasn't the two hour nah. lights rehearsal right before a show. It was like No. Just getting all the jitters they, out. Oh man. So you heard they, Styx the well, band all week or something? I or? did not no and I didn't really hear them because they when it because that arena was pretty popular for rehearsals, like Michael Jackson rehearsed there for several weeks one time, and so this is not like this is not necessarily the first stop on the tour. It's just literally like a, no, this is a small oh, no, no, place. No, no, this is the first stop. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, well, it's it's small place to rehearse, and they're gonna start the tour there. Okay, like okay. that's that's what it is. Like, that's interesting. Is this uh, a, is this like yeah. a thing? Like this place in particular, for whatever reason. Well, I think it's popular to rehearse because there just aren't a ton of it. Pensacola is not a big enough town to draw a lot of big names. Right. But the arena is just large enough to handle probably any stage setup. Exactly. So they and get to so, do some test like, runs of all of that stuff. Yeah. And for whatever um, reason, Pensacola, at least this particular stadium, was one that has hosted some of those big tours starting, it sounds like. Like Britney Spears rehearsed there. Um, one time and but they were real strict on that stuff if someone was rehearsing like you were not allowed into the arena in fact i think one of the players for the hockey team was like traded or cut or something because he he acted like he was going to the locker room to do some workouts and he went out into the arena and watched britney spears rehearse <laughs> and was caught by security right, right. um so sticks was there um i did not like go sneak in and see them rehearse because i wasn't that interested in sticks Right. I knew who they were, but okay. I wasn't like crazy about them. But as I'm walking to my car one day, um, which was kind of back behind the arena where we parked, which was also where bands would like load in. Yeah. And I see a guy just, he's like smoking a cigarette out back. And he asks if I'm going to the show. The first show was like the next night. Sure. And I said, yeah, I think so. Cause we worked for the team. So we got free tickets and stuff. Sure. We were, you know, we worked in the arena. Right. I said, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm going to go. I think a few of us are probably going. And it turns out he was the drum tech. Okay. So not not the drummer. Okay. The drum okay. tech. Sure, sure. And he's and he's telling me about this. They they recorded a new album with their new keyboard player and uh, this tour. Like they've been working really hard on it, and they're going to tour with this for like the next two years. So like they've really got it down, and they've been staying at this nice hotel on the beach and. Um, like they're just really excited. They're really, you know, just really fired up about this new album, this new tour. Okay. So I'm like, all right. So me and uh, a few other guys that work for the team, we, we go to the show that night. Um, let's call this a 7,000 seat arena that had about 2000 people in it for this show. Oh man. And I don't know if you've been to a show like that, like in a big venue yeah. that, is so, empty yeah. like have you, have you been to a show like that that's I, just yeah they... but to be fair the, the one or two i can remember were like in stadiums you know where mm -hmm. it's like yeah they misjudged it a little bit or whatever so the stadium's half full yeah it's still like fifteen thousand people or something like you're not the, the next step <laughs> the next step down is like seven thousand or ten thousand maybe you know in, in yeah. some of the major cities and it's like yeah you go from you know ten thousand to fifty thousand that that's pretty much your option so i, I don't know right. if it's you know, like like that. This band thought I can't remember which band I saw this, but I saw it happen a couple of times where it's like, yeah, there's, you know, there, there's seats open. I think in particular I went to one at Starplex that was that way, where it's like there are seats open, quite a bit of them, and you know, there's some people on the lawn who didn't want to pay anything basically, but even that's a little bit sparse. And you're like, oh, 
Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. how does this feel for those guys up there? You know, that's brutal, right? Right. It's 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 a downer for everybody when when half the place is empty. Like I'm sure the band is like well, I'm sure I'm sure as soon as they walk out on the stage, they're like, oh my god. <laughs> now in fairness, in fairness, Sticks probably would not have booked this venue to just play a regular show. I think it was part of probably just recouping cost of of rehearsing there. Right. Of like our stuff is already set up. Uh, and then they you know, go on to, loaded in. They, then they go on to like the South Side Ballroom. You were saying a week ago, yeah, it's like a three thousand seater or whatever. Yeah, probably bigger than South Side, but yeah, they were they're not like they're not a band, especially in a town as small as Pensacola, that would right. draw that many people. Right. right? right. In Dallas Fort Worth, sticks would draw seven thousand, no problem. Sure. But in Pensacola, which is a small town anyway, right? Uh, no, not not going to happen. So it was weird already because there's like no one there. Um, the opening act was Kansas, and I don't know if you know any. You know, Wait. Dust in the Wind. Okay, so that did that feel like an imbalance? No. Really? Uh, I, do you know? I mean, I know what, Dust this is in not the a, Wind, this is, and there's there's a couple other ones I know. Um, you you know, I, I'll tell you. You know three songs. Okay. You know Dust in the Wind. Sure. You know Carry On My Wayward Son. There it is. That's the big one. Yeah. And you and you know Point of No Return. Right. And you know it's they're they're so cheesy because they get to like the third song and they're like, hope you guys aren't going home yet because we've reached the point of no return. Oh no! And you're like, oh god. <laughs> it was so bad. The 80s stopped like 20 years ago, man. You cannot. <laughs> and they, Kansas plays like an hour-long set of music that is so like electronic and unlistenable. Stuff that you're like, man, this is Kansas. All oh no! So it's sort word. of like, like hey is... guys, we're still with it, and it's totally different than oh, the yeah. sort of classic rock songs we're familiar with. And they, and they, get this, this listen how dated this is. They were pushing their new live uh, album and video called Device Voice Drum or DVD for short. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Here's the thing. I have some friends who are into uh, Dungeons and Dragons, right? And they have—they <laughs> uh, might have been at the show, uh, right? And they—they they have, uh, you know, a weekly get together where they kind of, you know, they play for a night or whatever. And some of them have been doing this for ten years. I'm not super familiar with it, but did mm-hmm. Kansas and Sticks, you know, have just like on that tour kind of short D and D campaign? You think, or it, not a lot of groupies? I gotta imagine at this. It sure. may have been. It may as well have been called the Nobody's Getting Laid Tour. It may as well have been. <laughs> Question: yeah. you, um, Is there a Sticks tour where you think people got laid? Oh yeah, I'll I'll tell you about one. <laughs> All um, right. I'll tell you about one. Okay. Uh, so, anyway, okay. So I so then Kansas is Kansas plays like an hour of music that no one's heard, and then they leave the stage, and then people are cheering for the encore, and I'm sitting there like, gee, do you think they'll come back and do Dust in the Wind? Right. Like it's so like so right. predictable. So they come back, they do Dust in the Wind, and it's great. Dust in the Wind's a great song. I love that song. Um, and then Sticks comes on. They didn't do but Wayward the Son. Great, they well, uh, uh, no, they did Carry On My Wayward Son. They I think they came back for the encore and they did those two. Okay. They did Carry On My Wayward okay. Son and they did Dust in the Wind. That sounds, that sounds, sounds like criminal if those guys were no, you know assault the, you guys for an hour with garbage and then be like, yeah, we're gonna yeah. play one of the super mega hits that. Everybody knows right. This one, right. 
So in between the, the sets, the lights come up, everyone's going to get their drinks, go to the bathroom, and there is a, I'm, me and the, and the people I'm with are sitting a little bit higher up, um, but um, there is a fight on the floor of the arena. And so we're watching okay, very well, This is a regular, like, sort of mosh pit situation. This is exactly what I was picturing, you know, this at, is, at this. Yeah, the, <laughs> there are, like, security guards running down there, and there are two guys just, like, wrestling. And okay. so they split them up. The next day, because we know security people, we, we asked what happened. They were like, uh, I mean, from far away, not, not okay. close enough where we can tell like what started it or anything. But we right, can see like, like, two people were fighting. Let's just like spitball here. Uh, senior citizens? No, they are now, but <laughs> um, at the time they were probably in their forties. But let me. This is the greatest thing <laughs> that this is. If if you could have predicted what would cause a fight at a Sticks in Kansas concert. <laughs> Um, it's the most predictable thing ever. One guy was at the show, and he happened to see his wife there with another guy. No. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> just like these people are having an affair, and they're like, "Let's go see Stephen." <laughs> <laughs> and while they're there, they accidentally run into her husband. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my oh, god! So, I mean, so would you say? I mean, thing. that sounds like that sounds like she has a type. I gotta say, I, a back again with the Dungeons oh. and Dragons. It sounds like that lady has a type. Um, well, then they, they after the show they got into their um, Camaro IROC with the T tops <laughs> and uh, drove off. So, you know, okay. So then that that dies down. Uh, the lights go down. Sticks comes on, and man, they were great. Okay. They are so good live. They okay. are a band. They are one of those, and I'm 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 a sucker for this. I'll admit, I will fall for it. A band that I don't care for, and then I see them live, and I'm like, they are awesome. Yeah. Like, I absolutely man, will fall for that. There are so many bands where I've had an album or something, and be like, oh, okay, I'll check this opener out, you know, or whatever. I'll be like, yeah. well, I mean, it's okay. The album's not great or whatever, something. Then you see that live album, or sorry, live performance, and it's they don't even have to be good performers. It's just like, you know, they, it costs money to record music well, you know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and also you get all of the, the sound booth nonsense, right, where you're like, I don't know how to sing... To, I did this in a you know garage, man. I, that's how we started mm -hmm. doing this. We all played at the same time. I don't know how to listen yeah. to a CD and sing along to it. Like I'm there with my buddies, feeling you know the uh, the guitar and the kick drum in my chest cavity while I'm singing. You know, you get this mm -hmm. weird, very um, uh, uh, scientific laboratory sounding album sometimes out of some of these people. It really seems like there, there's, yeah. there's a different talent completely to playing a great show live and necessarily being like really great at recording in the studio no matter who the producer or master person any of that kind of stuff is like it's it's a skill well, as well and yeah. uh I, I, yeah. yeah there have definitely been like at least a dozen bands that i'm like like you know rabid about after seeing them and before i was like ah, yes. I, I don't know same as everything else you know i i, I could list a dozen bands that that's mm -hmm. happened to mm -hmm. me with you know, uh, you know, Tom Petty, I, I kind of liked him, but then I saw him live and I was like, man, he's my hero. Like it's like that, that will happen because you don't get a feel for the personality sometimes on yeah, the album, right, right. but you, you get a feel. For, and so sticks was like, 
my opinion of them was probably kind of like your opinion of them before I saw them, which was this band is kind of like they are they are has-beens from the 70s. They real, haven't done anything relevant in 20 point. years. Yeah, yeah, they're real. They're kind of a joke. Uh, in fact, that day in the office, we were all joking about going to see Sticks. Like it was a big joke <laughs> that we were all going to see. We were going to see them ironically, almost, right? You know? Right. Exactly. And, and so, but you know, everybody we went, comes back, and I saw them. But when like you see kinda, them, kind of furtively, kind of like glancing at each other, being like, oh, "You didn't like that, yeah. did you?" No, no, no. I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, that was no, hilarious. Cool. That that show was hilarious, and but trying, you, you know, you, you you're, you're reversing your car into the parking lot from now on, rather than forward so you right. don't see the sticks bumper sticker I'm turning I'm, t- I'm turning down my sticks like, <laughs> right. before I get to the parking lot turn right. it down way low right right um so what what you saw when you saw them live was number one like they know their shit like they are really good like okay. you can say what you want about uh whether or not some of their music was great but they are they are like really good musicians like those guys really know what they're doing I mean they're they're professionals sure they're professional musicians and it shows when they're performing live. Okay. Um, sort of technically difficult, two, kind of the usual prog rock thing. Like some, you, yeah, you, yeah. You can mention Rush or whatever, which is like a very technically difficult kind of band where it's like, you know, impressive mm-hmm. what they're pulling off maybe, right, or whatever, rather than yes. necessarily it being yeah. like, you know, a, a very soothing lullaby or something, you know. It's, it's just like, hey, this, yeah. is, this is crazy. And then, you know, they're maybe two or three of the guys are in sync with each other, this super fast, you know, rate of speed or something. You're like, man, what the heck? That kind of a situation? Or more like yeah, a performance, a theatrical bit. thing? Where it's just like, I, think, man. I think more of a performance. Like, I think okay. more of a performance. Not, not necessarily theatrics. Like, they're just very competent and very confident performers. Okay. And there's not... Um, you know, from did, everyone did it except seem the like they were it. into it. I mean, the, the oh the yeah, that was what that was. I think that's what Trump said. They were super excited. So you know, maybe, yes. maybe first first night you get a special like we haven't done the same speech nineteen times yet. You know, um, no, I no, they they were definitely into it, and I think they genuinely were into it. It was first night of the tour, and mm-hmm. I, like I think they were really into it. Uh, their keyboard player. That they replaced Dennis DeYoung with, which to me was kind of cheap. It's like so you're just gonna get another guy to sing these songs, right? Um, which bands do. This really shouldn't surprise anyone anymore. Bands sure. do this all the time now, right. but um, it seemed really cheap. Like you just have this sound alike, man. That guy is better than Dennis oh, DeYoung no. by oh, every no. measure. Oh, no. He is such a great. So he, this guy, his name is Lawrence Gowan. He was a very successful Canadian musician. Like he has his own very loyal following in Canada. Okay. And he's known as like a keyboard slash piano like virtuoso, and he sings. And he doesn't sound just like Dennis DeYoung, but it doesn't matter. Like he he can play, and he is yeah, great. I, he's a great. I'll definitely say that when I was listening to it, I didn't I didn't like be like, oh, these people's voice is extremely unique. You know, or whatever, right? Or, or, or any of the sound. But again, yes. I, I think that's something we get to later. Is like I didn't know are these guys super fucking influential of all the music that kind of sounded like this after or around that time, or are they a me too or whatever? Because it, yeah, I was like, well, maybe this is. I remember you telling me like Boston. Boston kind of came to mind when I was listening to it. I was like, is this like the Boston situation where you said, uh, in particular, that that first record there's a particular guitar sound that was sort of some studio wizardry that nobody else had 
done so the guy can just kind of go through the entire thing using that that sound on almost all the songs people are like this is incredible does sticks have that kind of situation going on is it that i've heard other stuff that all just wanted to be sticks or they're just kind of in that pack I don't think it was necessarily a particular like guitar or keyboard sound, but I do think it was the mix of having a very keyboard heavy sound with very heavy guitars along with it. Okay. And I don't know how many bands had really done that before. Right. right. I, I think that was what was unique was you would have like come sail away, which starts out as a very soft, right. almost cheesy sounding piano right. song. And then you've got power chords exactly. um, at the end of it. And, you know, I don't care. You People might look back at it now and say it's dated. Man, that's a great song. And yeah, what, what right. gets me is when you see them live, like when I saw them, like when they're doing those first few lines of Come Sail Away, like everyone is singing it. Like every, oh, yeah. it, is sing, right. it is sing along with sticks for the entire show. Oh, interesting. Everyone okay. knows these songs are so known, and you don't realize you know them until you see them live, and you're like, "Wait, I know all of these songs. Like I've heard we all gotta, these songs we gotta dig a up million the times." List. We gotta dig up the set list for the show you saw, and let me listen through it. Uh, that'd be I, I don't think that'd be too well. Let's see if it's on set list FM. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure I could find it. Yeah. Um, I'll have to dig that up. Later. So cool. Yeah. So anyway, that, so the, is, that, is that part of it too? Like not just I don't know. I, we haven't really covered how theatrics was. I mean, we're talking. You said it was two thousand two or so. You know, just whatever the usual was at that point, where the lights were pretty good. You know, um, no special, I, I don't know, costumes, any kind of bullshit going on the stage. But the crowd was really into it. It sounds like, which oh, is the, huge. Oh, the crowd even, was, even if it's yeah, the especially crowd. if there's the, the the stadium's not full, right? It's ten percent full or something, and the crowd is yeah. rabid. It doesn't matter, right? Well, you hear, I've heard bands say that, like, you know, if it's not full, like, you play for the fans that are there, not for the ones that are not there. Yeah. And they're they're definitely good at that. And, um, you know, the theatrics of it, they don't have a big stage show necessarily like Kiss. It's not like that. Okay. Um, it's, it, I mean, the, the music is really the theatrics of it. Okay. The stage show is kind of normal. Um, there's nothing necessarily that stands out about it. It's really more just the music. The music itself is a little bit more more theatric. Okay. But what what you see, what you see is that you know once they threw out Dennis DeYoung, um, now like these are all guys who they really like each other. They like playing together. It shows that they really enjoy being together. Okay. Um, the drummer the drummer that they have you know the hired hand is like a like he's a pretty well renowned drummer. The bass player that they have is just a guy that seems really happy to be there. You know, clearly this is why I'm sure they'll never get back together because sticks now. I mean, who's left to get back together, right? The original bassist is sometimes in there. The, the, yeah. The, uh, the, the keyboardist main dude or whatever has been estranged. Right. And so it's like, it sounds like there's, there's nothing to get together except for sort of that Roger Waters, David Gilmore, you know, uh, you know, kiss and make up thing is not going to happen. Well, except for, you know, I mean, the, they, exactly, they did that a yeah. few years ago, right, for the Live Aid, you know, replay or whatever. But I mean, uh, you know, that's exactly, realistically, that's exactly it's not happening for a tour, right? <clears throat> no, that's it's not happening. I mean, right. they are, um, you know, the they really, really, even as of recently, have like made it clear that there's just there's not really any chance, right? Um, 
So it's, it's not happening. Now, um, here's what's funny about that is that, you know, the drum tech was like, man, this is the show and they're, they're doing this during this time. They had a, um, another, um, another guitar slash bass player. He would kind of switch in and out who like through the years, through all the different iterations of sticks through the eighties and the nineties, he'd been like in and out of the picture replacing various members. Okay. And has, and has had worked his way into like a co like lead singer role. And his name was Glenn Burtnick. Okay. And on their new album they had put out at the time, he had this song that I remember hearing it at the show and thinking, this is the worst song I've ever heard. Okay. It's so awful. It doesn't fit with Styx's music. It sounds like a song that it's called Kiss Your Ass Goodbye. And it sounds <laughs> it's like, like a song. It's like an ACDC song or something. It's, or... No, it sounds like a song that Blink-182 recorded and then left off of one of their first albums because <laughs> oh, it was no. not good enough. That's what it sounds like. It's oh, no. so bad. Oh, my God. It's so bad. So <laughs> he sings a song like, man, that guy is weird. Like, he doesn't fit at all. Right. And this song, this, like, kind of, like... I don't, it's just, it doesn't fit at all. Right, sure. All right. So I go see Sticks again, probably eight months later in Dallas. Okay. So all at right? this point, you're, so you're now, a fan. At this point, you've done the deep dive. I'm not sure if Wikipedia really existed in 2002, but you're you're into it. No. No? I, 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 I so thoroughly enjoyed that first show that I was like, yeah, I, I want to go see these guys again. Okay. And so they come to Dallas a few months later. And by that time, I was living in Texas again. Sure. And listen to this this uh, this bill. All right. Okay. Four performers. Sticks is the headline. Okay. Performer number one. Nelson. What is Nelson? Remember those two long-haired brothers from like the late '90s? They were called Nelson. This doesn't ring a bell to you? No, it doesn't. But okay, all, all right. right. All right. No, they not... were just two dudes. They were just two dudes. They had very long hair, and uh, they were Nelson. All right, so you had Nelson, number <laughs> okay. one. Okay. All right? Okay. Number two. After Nelson comes on a little band called America. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Horse with no name, right? right America. Right. Okay. America was great. That's another band that's like, they know their place. They know they're not a headliner. They don't care. They're out there playing their songs. They love it. Okay. Number three, Peter Frampton. What? Now, if there was ever an imbalance, right. Peter Frampton <laughs> I was about to sticks. ask. Like, now, Styx has a lot more hits than Peter Frampton. Right. He, he's and like an extremely talented and impressive like guitar player, right? Like a virtuoso or something. He, famously, like the, the, oh, yeah. the, the talk box thing, I think is kind of his, yes. his big jam or whatever and stuff. That's, so was, that's, it, that's was, definitely his was it sort of seeing Jimi Hendrix and then being like, well, you guys are really great. Uh, you know, you guys are all real tight, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm leaving three songs into the set after that. <laughs> like he he played a killer show he ended he ended it with while my guitar gently weeps right um i mean he was great 
Yeah. Uh, the funny thing was, so again, this is just a few months after I saw them the first time, right? Sure. After they were doing this big rehearsal, this tour, they're going to tour with this album and this band Man, for the next feeling, two they're years. They're really feeling pretty good. They go out there with a safe. They're one, feeling right? it, right? Like Kansas at the beginning, first leg. I'm they, like, hey, guys, like, you yeah. know, we, we, got, we can name check, you know, a song, but these people aren't going to up, you know, upstage us and, or anything like that. And like, Eight months later, like, yeah, man, we're just gonna have Metallica open for us and do a forty quick forty-five minutes, you know, or whatever. That's uh, that's, that's ballsy, yeah, right? It's weird. Well, here's here's what was also weird. They come out, they hit the stage at Starplex on a hot summer night, and it is a completely different show than the one I had seen in Pensacola. How so? Like, that one's that that one guy who did kiss your ass goodbye. He's gone. He's out of the band. <laughs> okay. um, totally different set list. Right. Totally different stage setup. Like this thing that they were gonna do for like two years. Clearly, they scrapped it within like a few months. They were like, "All right, let's just let's start over." Uh, it's it's interesting album, you say that. that the um... I've only seen that one place before, and I'm not sure that you know I, I haven't really followed this a ton. But um, U2's uh, Zoo TV uh, tour was was the Actum yeah. Baby album tour. Um, and, yeah, they started out with some really fucking weird, bizarre stuff. They had, like, this weird shit where it was, like, um, mm-hmm. some kind of specific car. looks kind of like a VW Bug that was, like, the lights were in these cars hanging from the ceiling of this fucking stage. I don't know, man. And, like, yeah. you, you look at this thing. This is a tour that, like you're saying, Styx did where it went on for two or three years and became this huge, huge, you know, like um, in our lifetime, there was like a Pop Mart tour was fucking huge. You know, the first version of what we were talking about in that first episode, that sort of wall, you know, it just, just flash of money basically to make this tour, this production happen. And that thing completely evolved, right. like you're saying, same thing. Uh, I don't know how the set list changed so much, but like if you looked at, there are like, you know, videos online and they're like is it like one or like three or like four of this tour because it got tighter and tighter and became more elaborate and stuff was thrown away so you could see it you know two years apart from each other maybe in the same city or close right. to it and it's a totally different show you know or whatever yeah um, oh yeah yeah and, better? and I think, would, you, would you say it was better well, or just different yeah i would say it was better i okay. think the first time i saw them they were probably trying too hard to make it a big show okay and i think the second time i saw them they had kind of stripped it down a little bit and okay. it looked just more like a rock band playing a show and it was much better and that's that's kind of what they do now um so i've seen so, them probably four times four or five times something like that wow okay are they still uh, um, doing it today because i mean it, you know you're saying they're they're kicking around 72 dude. and whatnot I, you know that's um you know paul mccartney's out there and whatnot but, you know the pink floyd guys are definitely getting way up there in age you know i you know i don't know if jimmy page could do it you know uh are they in decent health now or is this something we're like yeah you yeah. know up until 2014 so, was it and now it's kind of it's, it's not going to happen again no 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 they <clears> they <throat> tour they they seriously play a hundred shows a year. Man, all the time. Um, Tommy Shaw. Tommy Shaw is sixty-six years old. Okay, all right. And so not quite so like you think. I mean, the Pink Floyd guys—that's that's fair. But it wasn't maybe seventy-two or seventy-three is when Dark Side hit. Yeah, but they've been around for a but while. But the thing is, I—I I don't know that they have because remember, you know, in the seventies, yeah, those albums sold a lot, but man, those artists got screwed. And I don't, I don't know if they got screwed, but, um, you know, the artists these days, they've, you know, any, any like legendary 
you know, 70s act has probably made more money in the last 10 years touring than they ever made in the 70s. Right. right. Absolutely. And I, I, think, I, I know that that's, I think, the, that's the truth for like the Pixies, right? Pixies opened oh, for, for sure. you too. And whatever, for sure. whatever reason on that tour, everything fell apart and whatnot. And then, yeah, they, mm-hmm. they came back later when I forget what it was. One of the guys was like, I want to buy a house. And it's not like a million dollar house. He's like, I just want to be able to afford a house, period. A hundred, nice hundred thousand dollar thing in the middle of nowhere or something. So they go tour. And it's, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's exactly what you're thinking, right? They, they do get, and, you and, know, yeah. each a couple of million dollars out of this, you know, year and a half of touring or who knows what, you know, oh, yeah. serious money. But nostalgia, the, nostalgia is very expensive, right? And it's, the, a, it's the, a very the, lucrative uh, hobby right <clears throat> the who used to tour the who like in the early 2000s when they started touring regularly again like it was because the bass player needed the money like yeah. that is explicitly yeah. that's been stated that like roger daltrey went to Pete Townsend and he was like if you don't want to tour tour because john episode needs the money right like tour do it for him right so sticks i i think they're at that level where they make great money on the road sure um, no doubt they make a lot of money, but I doubt everyone in that band has socked away enough money where they could just stop tomorrow huh. and they would all be fine. So um, are they still, cause you know, you, you were telling me how, um, a couple of years ago, Guns N' Roses reunited and, the, and this time they did pretty good actually like playing the whole set because each of them was making something like a million dollars a fucking show or some crazy amount of money right. or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Are these guys, yeah. are these guys building up now? Is it a 10,000 seater every show or is it kind of like, you know, it's still 3000, but they're regularly selling yeah. 3000. This is what I love about sticks at this point. They will play anywhere. Like, because I follow their drummer on Instagram because he does a lot of like backstage behind the scenes stuff that I find interesting. Yeah. yeah. And like one night they have sold out the Pepsi Center in Denver. There's 17,000 people there. That's the big, you know, arena. Okay. They're like co headlining with Foreigner or something like that, you know. Um, And a week later they are playing at Billy Bob's. Yeah, crazy, man. And literally, they play Billy Bob's every year. That's awesome. Like, so they come that, to Billy Bob's, and I've seen it, and I've seen favorite, it there twice. Is that a favorite venue? Well, Billy Bob's has a, um, oh, number one, I'm sure, like, kind of like casinos, I, I'm sure they, like, way overpay acts to get them to play there instead of some of the larger venues. Okay. Um, they definitely have a reputation of, of getting acts that are probably too big to play Billy Bob's. Billy okay. Bob's has a capacity of, I think, around 6,000. Really? Um, it it doesn't is, look that big. That means that It means doesn't look that big at all. Like that, 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 that means people are like standing room only to the front door, which is like of like a football field length away from this man. What the heck? I yeah, can't, it's I can't big, imagine it's fitting so more than like a thousand been, in there comfortably. Have you ever been in there? Have you ever seen, seen yeah. a show of Billy Bob's? I have not seen a show there, but I've been in there and yeah, you know what? I might've seen the toadies there once, which is, you know, unremarkable because they're, they're there every weekend or whatever. But, um, well, they, yeah. every December 30th, yeah. Right, exactly. So, I, number one, I, I don't see you as a guy who hangs out at Billy Bob's. No. Doesn't seem like I, think, I think that, you know what, actually, my youngest brother, he had one of the best bachelor party ideas of all time, which is like, let's just eat barbecue morning, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, lunch and dinner nonstop yeah. in Fort Worth, all these different places. And one of the things we okay. went to Billy Bob's, uh, I think they had, they have the mechanical bull there, that kind of crap. Oh, yeah. I feel yeah. like I saw yeah. some 22-year-old 
kids, you know, uh, climbing on that thing in a stupor and jumping and, you know, flying off and stuff. Yes. Uh, so, yes. so that I remember seeing like the, 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 the thing itself or the atmosphere, I guess I would say, uh, which was not so much different from all of the barbecue joints we'd been to. I, it was a full immersion experience that whole weekend. But then I do think that I saw the toadies there once. And it was one of those things where, you know, I looked around at the number of like, I, I don't know about necessarily cowboy hats, but boots and all this stuff and wranglers. And I was like, I'm making a beeline for the stage. I don't know what's going on in this place. I, I probably out of my element. I'm not sure the toadies are playing mm -hmm. here. Right. Um, that That's kind of my Billy Bob's experience. It's very... Yeah. Uh, it's not redneck, but it's just it's a it's a cowboy themed bar in oh, the I, middle of Stockyards, Texas, yeah. which is you know the, the big like here's where you know uh, cattle is brought to market and stuff historically. Uh, it's very uh, yeah redneck tourism, you know. Uh, but they have a Billy Bob's uh, has a um, a little bit of a, a, a monopoly on shows. Supposedly other venues, um, like apparently in the music business, it's known. Uh, like Billy Bob's gets the first shot, and if they don't want the show, then it can go everywhere else. So there's a there's one up there like... there's one up there now called uh, Gas Monkey Live or something that I saw one at. that impressed me as like you know there's like a small stage they have and there's a bigger one they have that impressed me as like the mm -hmm. size or the capacity maybe of Billy Bob's or whatever. Um, that's interesting you said that because I've heard stuff like that that like uh, I guess Ticketmaster you know and I'm not sure if like this is necessarily like through Ticketmaster this is happening but like Ticketmaster has you know favored venues and it would not you know surprise me at all to you know for the venues to be able to basically pay prioritization yeah. and being able to call yeah. the show so there's got to be some kind of brokering of like hey Sticks is trying to do a 30 city tour who's going to give them the you know percentage point shaving a little bit better that people right. are like, yeah, I'm auctioning off Dallas and here's where we're going. Uh, that kind of situation. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, they, they, I, I've always heard it's a bit of a bully situation. Like okay. if you swoop in and outbid Billy Bob's like Billy Bob's will crush you. Like you, you will never get another show again. If you try to like steal a show away from Billy Bob's, um, they've got the money, they've got the legacy, um, Garth Brooks played there. Ringo Starr played there. George Strait, I think, <laughs> is played there. Like, they... We don't, what, they wait, 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 wait. One of these is not like the others. <laughs> yeah, Ringo, Ringo played there. Um, oh, man, yeah, Ringo really plays a like, real mean Helter Skelter, man. Like, if you if you haven't seen Ringo yeah. Starr doing, you know, Come Together or, uh, you know, um, I don't know, you know, Tomorrow Never Knows, you really, you haven't lived. I don't, he, I don't think he does any of those. <laughs> well, um, Octopus's Garden, so we'll, the whole when, set list, 17 talk, songs. When we, when we talk about, we'll talk about that when we talk about the Beatles solo. Okay, uh, okay. Work. Um, <laughs> so, you know, Sticks, they play 100 shows a year. Yeah. They'll play arenas. They'll play state fairs. They'll yeah. play Billy Bob's. They just play, play, play. And the shows... Again, if you're at Billy Bob's and there's 6,000 people packed into this bar oh, man. and they start playing Come Sail Away Dude. and 6,000 people have their drinks in the air singing I'm Sailing Away, yeah, um, it's hard to not get man. into it. Like It's yeah. hard not to be like, yeah, this is really great. And I took actually two friends a couple of years ago who were kind of like me when I first saw them, like, okay, I know sticks, sure, whatever. And they walked away from it like, holy shit. Really? That was unbelievable. Like, both I, of them did. I yeah, gotta look at the, I gotta get a YouTube video of one of their shows. You know, one of the things, uh, Jane noticed while you were listening to it, is it definitely seems like, I don't know if they're the, the originators, but the template of, like you were saying earlier, where it's kind of 
some of the songs start soft or slow or whatever, and they kind of really build up and ramp up into that, you know, mm-hmm. almost generic now sort of alt rock grunge kind of thing of like, you know, right. uh, really like just hit the distortion pedal and now it's magic, you know, or whatever. Not that those guys right. did distortion pedal. That's what just it got, you know, reduced down to. But you know, mm-hmm. the, the sort of building and then like overwhelming kind of a thing seemed like seemed like the signature for the couple of songs you sent me. Yeah, I, I think they they have a formula, okay. and they they know what works, okay. and they're not gonna stray from that. Right. Um, I think that's why they kicked that one guy out of the band who did "Kiss Your Ass Goodbye." <laughs> I think they were like, you know what, this this doesn't fit at all right, in right. our band. Look, we're not Kansas, and, bro. Uh, like... And that's why when anyone asks Tommy Shaw now about getting back together with Dennis DeYoung, he he said whenever he talks about it with the other guys in the band, they always just say like we really like the band the way it is. Yeah. Like we're really happy. Like they've, they've got their, uh, you know, they've got their tour buses. They got their regular shows lined up every year. They're happy. They're making good money. Right. And, um, now they might have to do it forever. You know, they've probably well, reached that, that's that what I'm level to, of success. Uh, right. That's what I was trying to figure out here is like, there's some of these bands. I mean, like Paul McCartney does one show and sets up, you know, three generations of his grandkids or whatever. Of wealth, right? yeah. But, but that's a guy, right. and same thing with U2 and a lot of these bands now that are making tons and tons, like Metallica's mm-hmm. doing it for the love at this point, right? I, I saw I saw mm-hmm. a, um, I saw like an opening show for, it was like a release party show. It was like a full-on show for that Death Magnetic record that came out a couple of years ago. Yeah. And in the middle of the set, you know, they're playing Fade to Black and Inner Sandman and all this, and then they play one from St. Anger. And the intro mm-hmm. that Hetfield gives is, I know none of you like this song, and everybody hates this song. And he's like, I don't care. We like it. And they play it. And some of the people kind of, like, sing along a little. But it was just, that's one of those things where you really yeah. get the sense of, like, these guys are actually still into it, period. Which is yeah, pretty cool, so, right? Is Sticks that situation? Or is it, it kind of like they're a little bit rock in the hard place? Like, they, hopefully they're enjoying it, but, like... The, the money coming in is, is setting up a retirement account. It's not setting up three more mansions. Well, I think it's a little bit of both. I think okay. if you've spent that many years of your life on the road, right. and, and no matter how difficult they make it out to be, it can be just as difficult to go home. Yeah. And not that they're not happy at home, but like I've heard Kirk Hammett talk about this, about how like they call it, quote, taking out the trash syndrome. Where okay. you're on the road and you're living in hotels and you're ordering room service and everything is done for you, and then you get home after two years on the road and all of a sudden you have to take out the trash, right. and it's just a it's an adjustment that not everyone's ready for. Right. And I think with some of these bands, um, and and I think Sticks probably falls in this category. I think they've all every guy in that band has probably made enough money where. They'd be okay, but they would all probably keep doing other stuff. Like they wouldn't just put their guitars away and stop playing. Like that's just what they do. So if they're going to do it, why not do it and make it a nice paycheck? Right. Uh, They're young enough where they can do it. Right. Um, You know, Willie Nelson's 87 or something. Like why is he still on the road? He doesn't need to be. Right. He just, he's got nothing else to do. And I, I think Sticks is. I'm sure there are some nights on the road where they're like, man, I, I can't wait to go home. But I'm sure after about two weeks at home, right. they're sitting around going, okay, let's get back. I mean, right now, I'm sure they're going crazy. Like, okay. I'm sure oh, right, right now. Yeah, 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 because of the COVID just thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they can't tour. And right. summer's coming up. Because Styx is one of those bands that, like, you don't see them announce, like, Styx 
summer 2021 tour. Like okay. they're just like kind of always on tour. It's just a consistent like you, you look at the back of the Dallas long... Observer and it's like, oh yeah, yeah, they're playing at you know one yeah, of the Sticks smaller, one of the bigger theaters. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Sticks is coming again. It's it's um it's you know they'll do a summer tour. So lately they've been touring with like you ask who their like contemporaries were and right. it's Sticks, Foreigner, Kansas. Uh, Boston okay. Sticks is probably one of the bigger of of that level of band, um, but that's but so they what like lately they it's been like Sticks and Ario Speedwagon and Don Felder formerly of the Eagles. Okay, um, it's been those three and they've done a couple of tours together. Okay, and um, I mean I think they reach a point where they're just kind of comfortable. You know, they're just they're happy. Right. They're, you know, they're, they're comfortable. They're making good money. Right. They're, they're, they're still relatively good friends. Right. Um, people still come to the shows. Um, I don't know anyone who is like a hardcore sticks <laughs> fan. Right. But I know plenty of people who, if they happen to be coming to their hometown, they'd be like, yeah, sure. I'll go see sticks. I know a couple of their songs. They're yeah, that yeah. kind of band. Yeah, well, I will, I will say this. My girlfriend uh, relayed this story to me the other day that uh, she was conceived mm-hmm. after a Styx concert. So, I mean, there's, you know, I, hardcore fans well, or not. The, you she, know, ain't the only, she ain't the only one. She ain't the only one. Like, man, you know, something about those Dungeons and Dragons songs, you know, really. <laughs> wait, wait, was it in Pensacola? Uh, no. I might know I might know part of this story. <laughs> no, it was not. <laughs> <laughs> but that sounds like a good story. Let's hear that one. Uh, were there? Is, well, is this? No, I'm is this the, uh, you know, I'm your, your son. Your son is about there. 17 years old, 18 years old. No, That's there's, about... there's, there's no sticks. <laughs> no sticks involved there. But um, no, I was talking about the affair. The couple that was having the affair on Florida. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, right. I thought maybe she was a result of that. It's <laughs> funny. Um, you know, so. Anyway, that's that's my story on sticks. I'm okay. a fan. I don't no no apologies. Yeah. I like sticks. Their shows are great. I I'm probably a bigger fan now. This is the other thing. I really love the version of sticks now much more right. than if they were still with their original keyboard player. This is a band that I hope does not get back together. Right. Um, right. Just for I, the sake I, of I, doing I the reunion thing, like the yes. the. the the purity version of it or something where yeah. like, this is the real, they're sh- they're... this isn't the moral way of, you know, putting this band to bed or something. It's like, no, like, no, no, no. Yeah. They have, they have perfected like the hour and a half classic rock show. It's well-produced. It's well done. It, it sounds great. It is the set. And there's changing. no, you, the, the set list doesn't change much. Okay. Um, there's no like 20 minute bass solo or anything like that. Okay. Um, like it's just hit after hit after hit. Thank you very much. Good night. And they're out of there. Okay. And, um, and if they got back together, I think it would kind of disrupt that and you would get, but here's, here's the other interesting thing. So Mr. Roboto is kind of part of what broke the band up. Okay. And, um, about a year ago, they were starting a new run of shows talking about the set list and the keyboard player, you know, their quote new keyboard player who's been with them now for 20 years. Right. Right. Um, he just kind of threw out there. What about Mr. Roboto? And the other guys in the band were like, what? He was like, no, I think (laughs) I kind of think people would, would like it. 
And the other guy, the other uh, two guys, J.Y. Young and, and Tommy Shaw, were, it's been 20 years. They're not bitter anymore. And they were like, eh, all right, let's try it. And they played it like it made headlines. Like Rolling Stone <laughs> did an article like Styx plays Mr. Roboto for the first time in 30 years. Right, right. That's and funny. like it's been in their set for the past year. They've been doing this, this, this song that, they, that broke the band up. And now the one guy who who loved the song is not in the band anymore, <laughs> and now they're they're doing it again for the first time since like 1980. Right. And they're like, yeah, people. I mean, no one's heard it in 30 years. People right. love it, and so they just go for it. And I think that's kind of a cool story. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> just, well, let me ask you this one. That, that's an interesting uh, thing I've kind of wondered about. You you mentioned in a previous episode that like you, you're familiar a lot with like sort of royalties and a lot of the ins and outs of like maybe how the road gig happens and whatnot, mm-hmm. and the technical mm-hmm. stuff. Is there something like that, that, uh, that the, you know, the original keyboardist, he's going to get a cut every time these songs are played anyway, that kind of a thing? Or is it, is it so minuscule yeah. that it doesn't really even, it, it doesn't even rate as like, yeah, the guy's not sitting at home being like, oh yeah, $20,000 just sitting here because I did another show tonight. I don't know. I mean, certainly I don't know the numbers. He sure. certainly still has an ownership stake in like the the copyright. Yeah. Um, so he's getting royalties on record sales, but, but in absolutely, general... yeah. Certainly, certainly the publishing companies are still paying him royalties. I don't right. have any doubt about that. Right. Um, as far as performances, I'm sure he gets something because he owns part of the song. I'm sure they have to pay him something. I'm okay. sure it's not a huge amount. Right. Um, but um, I. I do know. So basically what happened was when they fired him um, and they went on tour with this other keyboard player as Sticks, he, of course, sued them immediately, saying, <laughs> no, you cannot use the, the name Sticks. Right. <laughs> and eventually they came to a set. I mean, this happened with Pink Floyd, too. Yeah, Roger exactly. Waters immediately yeah. sued. He's like, no, you can't use Pink Floyd. Right. Um, so basically they came to an agreement that said those guys, Tommy Shaw and the other guys, they can use the name Sticks. And Dennis DeYoung can use the name, like, Dennis DeYoung performing the music of Sticks. No. Uh, oh, yes. man. <laughs> so that's Dennis DeYoung now tours as, like, Dennis DeYoung performing the music of Sticks, which tells me, like, the way Pink Floyd settled that was they were like, no, Roger Waters quit the band. He right. didn't dissolve it. He right. didn't get fired. He quit the band. Right. I think Dennis DeYoung... They said basically we're going on tour, and he said, "Well, I'm not going on tour," and so de facto he quit. Right. Um, I think that's kind of how that went, yeah. and that's how they were able to use the Sticks name to this day. Because if Tommy Shaw goes on tour, nobody is buying tickets to that. I would, but no one else would. Right, because they don't know the what Sticks that is. name. Yeah. It, it kind of sucks. Sticks name it sounds is like the, you know the health thing. You know, is is you know turned out real bad, right? I mean, maybe there's. You know, maybe there's arguments and stuff going on anyway, like, you know, some bad blood or something. But, like, you know, arguably it sounds mm-hmm. like that, you know, that this health situation came up or at least for a little while he can't perform or whatever. Uh, you said that the light yeah. sensitivity, the sound sensitivity or whatnot. Uh, and they're like, we're touring, you're out. And, like, he just loses his legacy, basically. You know, said, no, well, no matter how, like, sort of dysfunctional the band is or was or whatever, like, he's just... It, it, it's a crapshoot, right? He, he 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 got down on his luck a little bit, and now he's out of his yeah. legacy, right? Well, it it sounds like the other guys in the band really didn't buy that that problem was as serious as he said it was. Okay. 
um, it sounds like they were ready to go on tour and they were pretty mad at him that he was not. Okay. Um, and yeah, it sounds like it's, reason, just, it's interesting you mentioned Blink-182 earlier, right? Because they have similar kind of drama where, like, depending on the person yes. you ask, it's like, you know, nah, you know, he, he just kind of said he wanted to be with kids, but it was more than that. He wants to do all these side projects. And the guy's like, no, nah, I wanted to be with family. What are you talking about? You know, you're I'm unassailable anyway, in this particular yeah. position. You know, I'm not going to cop to any other stuff, right, or whatever. And you're kind of like, um, right. yeah, okay, all right. And, and it's it is it, I mean it's a it's a it's kind of a weird situation because in that situation you're like well in the divorce who gets the fans right exactly and the guys who still call themselves sticks right. got the fans yeah that's true because nobody gives a shit nobody and, like you said knows who Tommy Shaw is right or and, know, and they, yeah this is what this is what David Gilmour said in the mid '80s when he was touring as David Gilmour he said I spent my entire life building the name of Pink Floyd I didn't right. spend any time building the name David Gilmour right. Um, exactly. and, and the other guys, Sticks probably felt the same way. Like we spent our entire lives building Sticks, and Sticks is more than just one person. And right. Sticks has had many people come in and out of the band. So what says, because this one guy leaves, we can't be Sticks anymore? Yeah, exactly. But like, people have left before, so right. Well, um, and, he, and, and his, and his suit have... was, I get the name. I don't want to play with you guys anymore. <laughs> right? I'm sure it yeah. wasn't like the hey guys, and I want to get back just... in the band. Or give me the name. It was like just basically fuck you guys. I want the brand. And and this is interesting because like I mean Lizzie Buckingham leaves Fleetwood Mac. Okay. And they just go on tour with another singer and another guitar player, and they sell out arenas all over the U.S. And Lizzie Buckingham goes on tour, and he sells out little theaters all right. over the U.S. Yeah, right. And how fair is that? Well, sure. it's probably not fair at all. But that's you know the guys in Fleetwood Mac are making ten million per show, sure. and. Uh, Lindsey Buckingham is, you know, not making that. Yeah. Um, but when I when I know, hear these so, kinds of things, I always go back to that Metallica documentary. You know, some kind of monster thing. It, it's really interesting and really yeah. like a real, I guess I would say, brave documentary to show you the inner workings of, you know, oh, yeah. how that band works, what it what it works yeah. like. And it was like I remember a particular part where they're talking to the dude that they hired to re- replace Newstead, and. Yeah. They're telling them, like, this is not, like, sort of a, hey, dude, for the next decade you can do this, and then you're going to be on your own. Like, this is a lifetime attachment thing. Are you really serious that you're going to be in this? And they're like, we're going to give you this big royalty up front to really show how serious we are and all this kind of stuff. But it's it, it was, yeah. it was like, you know, I mean, the band has they technically million, had, had like, a revolving dollars. door a little bit, right? They had their guy, yeah. and then he dies well, they, or whatever, and they get Newstead in there, and he... You know, it sounded like in the movie, in that uh, documentary that over time he just felt like he couldn't fill his shoes or he got tired of it or whatever. Um, and, and it's, I it's know crazy to think, it's, it's crazy to think that like you, um, you know, you join this brand for life. I mean, people, it, it, it's the old like, you know, old world like uh, baby boomer model of like, yeah, I'm gonna work at IBM my entire life. I made that decision when I was 22. Yes. Of course I'm going well, to. And you're like, what? You know. Styx is a really good um, a really good example if you want to really dig into the question of who is important in a band and why. Yeah. Um, because they're they're another band that um, you know they've they've kind of done it. They've kind of hired you know hired hands. Right. Um, you it's, know it's, to fill uh, in all these parts, it's, but it's Tommy still Shaw sticks. And who cares, right? But Tommy Shaw, his voice is pretty unique and recognizable. Okay. Um, he's the driving force behind the band. He sang lead for probably most of their hits, 
And for their other hits, they hired a guy who kind of sounds like Dennis DeYoung 30 years ago. Right. And so it kind of worked out really well. And, you know, this is the band now. This band has been sticks for way longer than the original sticks. Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, the original when did the, sticks. When did, the, was, when did the kick out Mr. Roboto situation happen? Was that yeah, like early that, 80s? So if, if you. If Tommy Tommy Shaw joined the band in about '75, okay, and the whole thing imploded in around '81, '82, okay, so we're talking like a seven-year stretch. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. this this band has been together in its current form since yeah, forty years. Two thousand since nine well '99, two thousand. So call it well, current years. current form, but like basically current, what? Yeah, current yeah. form. Yeah, right. Exactly. They, they've been together as this band a lot longer yeah. than the original. They've been touring as this band for way longer right. um, than the original version. So, um, I, you know, I don't have much of a problem with it. Yeah. I mean, they're, Dennis DeYoung has been out of the band for way longer than he was in it. Right. Um, and, you know, Kiss, Kiss is the perfect, perfect example of this because... They've always said Kiss is about the characters, not uh-huh. the people. Okay. You know, it, the the Catman. They can put anyone in the Catman. <laughs> right. They right. can put they can put anyone in the Spaceman makeup. Right. And they've they've held to that to their credit. Like they've always held to that. That even when Gene and A and Gene and and Paul are gone, uh, like like Kiss could continue because it's it's about the characters. Right. Yeah. And, right. Yeah. Um, Sticks is a good example of it kind of is it's kind of about the characters it's now when wild. tommy shaw's gone that's probably the end of the band but right, right. um you know when you you know pink floyd toured in the late 80s early 90s without roger waters and sold out stadiums all over the world shit queen came uh, back a couple when, of years ago with uh totally like oh, young singer dude or whatever that's like oh yeah adam queen. lambert Queen's, yeah. queen queen sells out stadiums all over the world today right with that guy right exactly. um so what 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 is really important if, if what's funny is like you know the voice of queen is gone so now it's adam lambert but if brian may were not touring with queen i'd be totally uninterested yeah, um, yeah like to sure. me that's really important even though anybody can replicate that guitar part right exactly but if i go see them and i don't see that crazy ass head yeah, of hair Afro, yeah. um, <laughs> up on stage i'd be really upset and i think that's how i feel about sticks with tommy shaw like right He's the guy that I'm really interested in seeing. If it were just the Tommy Shaw band, I would still go see it. Interesting. Um, and because he's he is legit. He's good. He's a great guitar player. He's a great singer. The songs are good. Songs are catchy. The show is great. And um, they're they're a good band. And there's a push to get them in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I don't think that's all that ridiculous. Yeah. I think that there is a I think there is a uh, the seed of the synthesizer sound of the '80s. I think was born out of bands like Sticks. Mentioning the synthesizer thing, my dad had this uh, record that was like it was like basically the Moog was invented. It seems like two minutes before this record mm-hmm. came out, and it was like the mm-hmm. Boston guy sound, but but done the wrong way. Where it was like somebody was just yeah. fascinated with the concept of it, and it was really bad, like really like. The Moog is turned yeah. up to you know, a nine on the soundboard, and everybody else is like a six. And you're like, yes. this is, you know, I, I got the feeling that with Sticks, by the time, at least for them, I don't know if they had it, because I think you may give me one song from their early career. But, you know, Dark Side of the Moon, it, you know, uh, and metal and stuff are 71, 72, 73 era. That's about the same time as mm-hmm. Sticks started. 
Um, and I didn't hear in the, the samples you gave me, I didn't hear people being like, oh my God, check out this technology. It sounded legitimately like here's songs and here's, you know, a, a new-ish maybe instrument that we're pumping it through. Like like basically that they're masters of the craft. Um, were they influential? Like I said, I can't really tell. You know, this is one of the questions, I guess, that I've been meaning to get around to. Do you know of bands today who directly, you know, a lot of my bands will unsurprisingly just constantly mention the same bands as like their, uh, you know, their primordial influences of like just, even if they don't sound like them, this is them, you know. Um, are there are there modern bands? Are there bond bands that are just, you know, uh, super, super huge that maybe, in, you know, mid 90s or mid 80s or whatever, you know, reference sticks as like the end all be all of influences or you know, like, like maybe the cars or something like, you know, I, I don't know, a lot of these, it just sounded so familiar to me and not just like I've heard this on the radio, but the style of music is, are we talking about the wallflowers here, right? Or are we talking about like um, Oasis, you know, is this a third eye blind or is this somebody like Metallica, you know what I mean? Like where, you know, a mover and shaker of the genre or just kind of like a, yeah, yeah. they were in there too. But I mean, if you like this stuff, check out that Third Eye Blind record, you know, or whatever. I, I think there was a seed um, in what they did that certainly influenced the the heavier synthesizer sound of the 80s. I've never seen another band say that like sticks directly influenced them. Right. Uh, but certainly they did make mainstream right. a sound that really permeated through the rest of the 80s decade. Right. So um, do you think that this that new wave maybe has, or a lot of new wave artists maybe have some roots well, in enjoying sticks or, or, or getting influenced yeah. by that? I think there's something to that. Um, but, did, you know, were they influential enough that anyone has, like, directly mentioned them? I've never necessarily seen that. I do think there's something to the idea that they were they were very popular for a time uh -huh. um but they probably did not age well right and they're very dated to the time as well right definitely and and i some of their stuff some of their later stuff like mr roboto i think made them kind of a punching bag right yeah um yeah. they have a, they have another song they have another song called babe that dennis de young wrote that's just a complete you know, that early 80s keyboard mm -hmm. sound or the keyboard player your local church probably had that same sound um if you, you listen to babe when we're done with this you'll know that sound right away Interesting. um it's just that cheesy early 80s uh keyboard sound right and i, I think that did a lot to kind of cheapen the rest of the stuff that they did because right. that was a huge song that also was a punching bag right um which they don't, they don't do Babe, even today, they don't do that song. Um, but um, I, I, I think they were popular for the time, but I don't know how um, influential they were in the end. Okay. Um, but I do, to me, I listen to their sound and I'm like, no, there's something there that definitely carried through. And they weren't the only ones doing it. Sure. Corner was doing some of this. I mean, that, that synthesizer sound was really starting to become popular at that time. Right. And then eventually in the 80s, the guitars went away and it was just synthesizers for yeah, a while. Yeah, right. Yeah, right? definitely. Yeah. Um, and so, and, but Sticks was fighting that because you had this other side of Sticks that was like, no, 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 we're a rock band. We don't right. do that. Right, exactly. And that's what, that's what, that's what kind of tore, tore the band apart. And I said at the beginning, you know, Rush, they were nerds, but they owned it. 
right. they knew they were nerds and they completely owned it and and they were fine with that sure sticks was a band that i feel like took themselves a little bit more seriously uh, probably too much so at times yeah and didn't really own their nerddom <laughs> um, you know, quite enough. Right. Um, and I think they tried probably a little too hard to be like a a rock band. Right. And they in reality, they, they, were, they big, were a good, huge. they were, yeah. Yeah. And in, in, in reality, they had some good songs. They had good rock songs. They had good theatrical songs. Um, and for the time, it fit really well. It probably didn't age well. But, you know, who said like if you're a rock band you hang around long enough and eventually right. you become cool again yeah. and I think Sticks kind of became cool again because then they become like just kind of a legacy act well I mean based on uh, personal uh, you know connections history it sounds like in 1987 they were kind of a big thing so I don't know that was surprising <laughs> <laughs> hearing a band start someone in yeah for someone that was that was it you know I so, uh, Someone <laughs> was really into sticks in '87. Right. Okay. So uh, a couple of like uh, you know standard questions I still got. Mm-hmm. Any related yeah, yeah, yeah. acts? Like did these did two of these guys come from another band that was kind of you know uh, not charting but like an interesting thing to begin with? Did any of these guys like branch off and do a super group with Bob Dylan for two records? Any of that kind of stuff? No, uh, Tommy Shaw, um, he created a band in the 80s when Sticks, one of the times Sticks was broken up, uh-huh. um, called the Damn Yankees. Okay, I've heard that name. Okay. And he, yeah, so the Damn Yankees had a hit called Higher. Okay. And you would probably, um, you would probably recognize the tune just because it was, it was a big hit in the 80s. Okay. The Damn, Yan- the, the Damn Yankees was Tommy Shaw. It was Jack Blades of the band Night Ranger. <laughs> and it was, and which is, it was, which is, I mean, that sounds like a contemporary, right? I mean, all, all of the sort of, not, the, all the hair have, rock I, stuff is where this stuff went to, right? Like you said, it kind of split, I split into new wave, right? I haven't hit, wave. I haven't hit, I haven't hit the best one yet. Okay, all right, all right. The damn Yankees, Tommy Shaw, Jack Blades, and none other than the Nuge. <laughs> so nobody knows Tommy Shaw's even in this. Obviously, this is no, Nugent. He was, who cares? I think he was the lead singer. Nugent was a guitar player. Right. Tommy Shaw was the voice. He was the voice of that band. Wow. And higher, higher is a pretty catchy tune. Right. Uh, but that was their that was their big hit. So you know the damn the damn Yankees were definitely a thing in the eighties. Interesting. And, um, and is this something that kind of went on in parallel, or is just the one one and done thing? Sticks gets back together, and that's it. No, or? I. I think Damn Yankees always, I think they might have had like one album that was kind of big. Um, every now and then, um, you know, Tommy Shaw might mention them on his Instagram page, but other than that, they don't, no, they, they're not, okay. they're not ever active or anything like that. Sure. That's about it. Their, their drummer, Todd uh, Shukerman, I think his name is, he's pretty renowned. He's, he's, um, he's been featured and, you know, all the big drumming magazines. He's a he's a very good like technical drummer. Right? He's really well thought of. Okay. Um, as a as a drummer, um, but that's yeah, that's you know related acts. I mean, again, they're clumped in with those late '70s rock bands. It's right. Sticks, Foreigner, REO, Speedwagon. Yeah. Um, you know, bands that I, I'm not into any of those bands at all. I don't right. care about, about Foreigner at all. Right. I hate REO, Speedwagon. Right. Like I have. 
but sticks to me had a little bit more bite to them, a little bit more edge to them for the time. Um, and so that, you know, that hooked me a little bit more than those other bands, but they're all there. They, they absolutely could all tour together and it would all fit, you know, it would all make sense. Yeah. You gave me some songs on a playlist, but sort of for the benefit of our listeners, somebody's gonna you're gonna try and get someone into sticks. The first thing you mentioned is like even today, the tours are pretty pretty great, right? So maybe mm-hmm. just seeing a live show on YouTube or whatever, sure. or in person sure. ideally when that's possible or whatnot, that that'd be the way to go. But um, yeah, you know, it, it, I'll give you a choice. It's either give me the album that I'm gonna listen to, or give me the you know okay. three songs that uh, from yeah. different albums sure. or whatever. Well, how, how, how does somebody determine if they're going to be into this band? I, I, I think I would go with the individual songs. Um, this is a band that I would rather hit a greatest hits collection rather than an album start to finish. Okay. Um, and certainly that not every band is like that. You know, Pink Floyd, no, you got to hit the whole album. Right, right. right. Um, no, Sticks, I, give, give me the hits um, for Sticks because some of their deeper cuts are not exactly listenable. Okay. Um, so if you, if you hit for me, my favorite six song is angry young man. Okay. Uh, it was called fooling, fooling yourself, the angry young man. Okay. Um, I love that song. I can ride in my car and sing that song all day. Okay. Um, that's a good, that's a good one. Um, I, uh, I've always liked blue collar man. Another good one. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, for me, come sail away is like the, quintessential stick song right. like that song describes stick perfectly it's the right. soft piano intro uh, sentimental lyrics and then power chords that sticks right That's right perfect sticks okay um following up there a little bit uh is there any are there any of the albums that you can listen to all the way through where you're like i'm gonna put sticks on is it just you have to go to greatest hits because you know no. I'd say the Grand Illusion. You could listen to the Grand Illusion start to finish. That's okay. a good album. Okay. Cool. The Grand. I mean, it's dated. It's the late '70s for sure. Sure. But it's a good album. But yeah, and I mean, it's like like recent. that first Boston record that we've talked about for a little yeah. bit, right? I mean, yeah, if you like great. that song, if you like, uh, you have to remind me which one opens it. Uh, mm-hmm. What's the first song in that record? More than a feeling. Yeah, more than a feeling. Yeah. If you like that song. That song is like an encapsulation of everything else that's on that record. It's an epic song with a lot of stuff exactly. to it. But like, if you like that song, the whole record sounds like that. You know, it's a, it's you know, exactly. a Bush sixteen stone of you know that era or yep. something. Like, if you like it, you're gonna yep. like it. That's cool. So it's it's consistent yeah. at least for that record. There's not, you oh, know, sure. th- there are bands uh, like the White Stripes is one for me. Where like I really like a lot of their songs. I absolutely would recommend a Greatest Hits record when that exists for mm-hmm. them. Like, there's a live record that does in a pinch or whatever because there's just yeah man there's there's i don't know it's filler or what you want to call it but there's stuff in there on every mm-hmm. record i'm like man this just like completely crushed the like the vibe altogether correct you know um, yeah no with, with grand illusion you're not going to get to like song six and find that like there's a disco song or anything like that like, <laughs> okay it's, it's all pretty consistent yeah. okay 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 yeah. uh all right so I, I think we're approaching the end here first is uh is there anything if you, if you think for a second anything you're like oh my god i forgot to mention i no i think we pretty thoroughly covered the work of sticks okay. i think anybody and anybody the band personnel changes and the and the and, stories well yeah 
Yeah, we hit all that. Um, I, I mean, the, the, if I if, I, if, if, if it still existed, if I saw behind the music, is there anything where they're like, you know, the crazy oh, groupie there. story? The, yeah. No, it's the it's well, the, the behind the music is on V8 is on YouTube. Okay. And you should watch it because okay. it came out in like the early 2000s. So it was kind of right after the final breakup. So they're right. still pretty bitter. Okay. Um, so no, the behind the music is fantastic. Okay. You should definitely watch the behind the music. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, on that yeah. point, you know, we should, we should start uh, covering that. I, I'm, I'm trying to get into the band. Like I like the record you mentioned. I like the mm-hmm. songs you mentioned. What what what's the cool you know uh, deep dive stuff? You, you just mentioned there's a cool behind the music that you've seen or whatever. Is there are there particular epic shows that are famous? Is there an epic CD a DVD that's a live DVD thing they did? Are there books? Documentaries? Uh, I'm, I'm not aware. I'm sure there is a book. I'm not aware of a book. There's a live album that probably captures their live sound pretty well. Okay. Uh, called Live Live at the River's Edge. Okay. Um, that is a perfect like when I listen to that album I'm like yep that's what they sound like that's live that's live sticks yeah yeah um, that's 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 a good one I, I don't know that they ever reached the level of success where anyone would write like some sort of tell all book right. and somebody would read it I would right. but would anyone else I'm not sure it might be out there but it certainly is not something I've ever come across uh, any any sticks community because it sounds like you're familiar enough and it sounds like you're you're following mm-hmm. some of these guys on Instagram or whatever. I, it, if I if I'm into the band, how do I like keep on learning about them? Are there like some crazy <laughs> sticks uh, Facebook communities you found? Are there are there websites? Some of the bands I have have massive fan following websites that are, you know, some of them are like require a damn subscription every year. Like it's it's that kind of level of, you know, uh, crazy. Um, and then you know there's others where it's like man. Do not follow the band's account on Instagram or whatever. If you want to follow the drummer, he's hilarious and he's you know, keeping it real. The drummer, I wouldn't call him hilarious, but he's very thorough. Like he's very active. A lot of behind the scenes stuff. A lot of like, he posts a lot of like point of view um, videos from the shows where the drum track is isolated. Interesting. So he's like, this is Grand Illusion. And all you hear is like it's really interesting yeah 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 um that that's really i like i live for that stuff i'm such a sucker for that yeah i'll watch that stuff all day long that's cool Uh, yeah there's a a bunch of youtube legs that apparently yeah i don't don't know like it's the only place i've ever seen this but i've been looking through them and they all say iem on it and it'll literally be somehow some people have the iem source for like what bono's listening to Mm -hmm. And they'll mix him into it and mix it up a little bit or something like that, right? Yeah. And it's like so, I am of you of Bono mixed with the Edge on this one or whatever, and or yeah. it'll be like, ah, oh, we couldn't mix it, so it's just kind of a little bit weird sounding because it's just what the drummer was hearing or whatever. That's a that's a, that's a real cool thing. Yeah. Even even if it's not what you're gonna get on the Blu-ray when you're like, ah, oh, I was trying to look at listen to the Elevation tour something, you know, um, that, that's some cool deep dive background shit, I think. And Tommy Shaw, uh, he'll do some stuff on Twitter. I mean, he'll do stuff from his house. He'll do stuff. He did he did an interesting one backstage where he was like, you know, doing some warm ups backstage. Uh, you know, blue collar man. And he was like, I I've been playing this song for so long that I'd forgotten how far I strayed from the original. And I went back and listened to the actual album, and I was like, wow, I've really gone far from <laughs> what this song originally sounded like. Interesting. And like. 
I wanted to get back to what it originally sounded like. But unless you listen to the original, you just kind of forget because you get into a habit of playing it a certain way. I, like, I think that stuff is really, really interesting. It's interesting, When you are getting ready to see their concert, you might go on a fast for a few weeks of like not listening to them until mm-hmm. they go, and then afterwards you're gonna be rabid listening to the records again and stuff. And it's always fascinating to hear these artists who are playing these songs, and they, yeah. you know, I, yeah. I, I remember like, uh, this is like after the 2000 breakup, where Billy Corgan was like, yeah, I listened to Siamese Dream like first time since it was recorded. Something like this, some crazy, like massive, like career defining record that like you're saying that they play every track on that record all of the time and whatnot. And in terms of like sitting down and listening to the record period. And I mean, I feel yeah. like, but it's crazy to me. I think these people who are iconic culture defining uh, artifacts they make and they just like they're like yeah you know I, I I play songs all the time that's just a recording in time of it and I, I spent yeah. 20 years without listening to you know basically my money maker uh, what a wild concept right right yeah no I've heard like an interview with Petty where someone asked him about an album like Echo what was like early 90s uh-huh. early 90s album and he's like like he had to go get the album during the interview to look <laughs> at the track listing to remember what was on the album and he was like man I forgot that was even on that album right, right. and I think a band like Sticks, a perfect example of that because they kind of have their set list they don't stray too much from it they play the hits they know where the money's made um and they probably don't spend much time these days, right, four years music. later, listening <laughs> to the album. You know, yeah, so right. I, I get that, and yeah. I don't have a problem with that. I mean, how many times can you listen to it? Right. You know, yeah. And if you're gonna play it, don't you need to keep it fresh? Right. And, yeah. Um, they are. You know, I I think they're pretty good about that. But yeah, I I can't fault them for not sitting down and listening to the album regularly. Right. Okay. Um, all right. Our, our last two questions, the, the drama. Mm-hmm. Um, would you trade bank accounts with uh, members from this band? Past, present, certain members? So there's certain members who are like, <laughs> okay, look, I'm taking this guy's 401k, but this guy over here is not going to have access to the bank account whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my only issue, if we're going to, if we're going to leave it open to every past or present member, sure. Um, I'm going to say no because there's probably some past members who are not doing well. Right. Um, if we're gonna leave it to just the guys currently in the touring version of Styx, sure. I would say I would say bring it on. I I bet all those guys are doing fine. Okay. And, and I'll take it. Okay. But if we're gonna leave it open to past members, um, you know, the, the, I mean like the, the lead guitar and singer from the early 70s before he was fired like uh yeah i'm a no on that guy right um so if you're gonna if you're gonna put all those names in the pot i'm gonna say i don't want to take my chances there (laughs) um but if we're just gonna leave it to the current touring band right um the current members of six i would say yes i bet all those they play so many shows right per year right i bet they're all in good shape and, and like you yeah. said it sounds like they're fundamentally kind of a little bit of a nerd uh group or right. whatever so they're probably right. doing pretty decent I, I didn't hear a lot i thought you said somebody mentioned cocaine but maybe this was uh, referencing another band is this is this a heavy drinking brand a heavy cocaine brand i know you mentioned one of them died of well, like psoriasis of the liver which kind of yeah 
I mean, in the 70s, I'm sure it was excess on all levels. I just can't believe, um, like, comb sale away dudes are, like, you know, no, face then, down you, in a I, pile I, of cocaine. No, you know? I, I think you underestimate how much all those bands were indulging in, in everything. Um, and I, they've talked about, I, I know I've heard multiple members of Sticks talk about how much cocaine there was going around in the 70s. So, um, no, that, that was definitely around and it was definitely a part of their scene, as it was for probably most rock bands at that time. Well, I was going to ask where uh, the yeah. Mr. Roboto concept album concept came from, but okay, I think it's... I think well, it's now, we oh, yeah, now, okay. we, now we know. Now we know. All right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, the, the last question we have, aside from if you, uh, your, your memory's been jogged for anything else, is okay. if you're going to cut somebody from this band, uh, and I guess it's got to be the current band, right? Because we, we've already... The band yeah, itself has answered band. who they wanted to cut. That, that's, uh, that's been obvious. But um, who are you going to cut? Why? Man, I don't know. This is tough because, I mean, number one, the obvious place to look is the fact that they have two bass players. <laughs> but but that's, that doesn't you, work. That, that, that mathematically doesn't work because the one can't play a full set. And he's the yeah, dude. How do, you, how do you cut the guy who's the original band member and he has HIV? can't <laughs> right. cut him. Right. Right? Right. But the other guy, he's been a good soldier for 20 years. Right. Like... He goes along with it. He right. goes along with this other bass player just <laughs> being there all the time. All right, we're going to play the so good songs now. Uh, Tony, if you could step to the left a little bit. Not even personnel change. Yeah. Like, hey, go take a break. It's like, all right, man. <laughs> so Tommy Shaw, you cannot fire him. Um, Have you seen, uh, you've seen them live with this? You've seen them live with the situation of the double bases? Yeah. Um, the band, totally the band brand new has two drum sets set up and it's not every See, that's song that's unstable it, as well it, right well, no, no that sounds <laughs> it's 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 only for a few songs it's obvious that the one guy is a drummer and they have i don't know a friend of the band or whatever or something mm -hmm. where like you know this is a band that in the studio they will they will mic up that kick and run it into i guess five tracks or something right and it yeah. sounds a certain yeah. way and it really like hits you and stuff and well, you know when, when you're live you'll hit the kick you, you'll feel the kick anyway coming through the, the speakers but when they have those two guys just you know humanly tiny fractions of a second out of sync with each other it is an effect it's really fucking awesome uh did the bass have any yeah. this kind of a this kind of an effect you're like dude no i i, I wish there you, were places no okay. no you would not know there's two bass players up there i i would i honestly it's it's terrible but i would fire the guy who can only play half a show and i would probably do it nicely i'd go to him and be like listen dude you were an original member of this band we're gonna cut you in for a piece right um you know you're gonna have part ownership of the band uh, but there's just we we have a bass player and he can play every show and he can play all of every show right and so uh, we're just going to move forward uh, with with that and right. I, I think that I would make the difficult decision uh, to to do that that's what I would do okay good stuff yeah. and good it's stuff. not the the good thing is uh, with this band especially the current iteration there's not one member who's just like man that guy is a jerk right. get him out of there yeah like, this is just this is strictly a business. This is professional rock and roll at this point. Yeah. Right. Yep. There's two bass sort players. Of, uh, we don't need two bass players. We can get rid of the one that can only play half a show. Foo Fighters from a certain, you know, section of, of the past. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. They have a redundance. They have, uh, you know, 
probably a guitar player that they don't need. Right. Okay. Um, so, so, no, and that, yeah, that's an interesting that's, thing too. I, you know, I, I saw uh, the Dire Straits guy, Mark Knopfler, with my uh, dad this last fall. It was like 25 guys up there, right? I mean, it was. Yeah. yeah. And is, is it that that's kind a of lot. a thing where they're doing like ton, they've got a guy who's there just for saxophone or you know this kind of weird stuff? A lot of the, a lot of the bands like that. I mean, I, I think you saw no. Fleetwood Mac a few years ago, and I would not be surprised at all to see if they've got seven other people up there to just make it like. You know what? You guys are paying hundred fifty dollars a ticket. We're gonna make this a full fucking. No, their, you know. their keyboard player is um, very good at filling in those sounds. Okay. They do not need to bring horn players on the road or anything like that. Okay. They, their keyboard player can get it done. And uh, do you feel like he does get it done, or is it backing tracks oh, yeah. with he's kind of hit playing oh, no, a little no, bit no. over it? No, that the, no, that guy is an absolute master of what he does. That's awesome. For sure got some looping yeah. pedals going on underneath the covers that kind of thing where he's, I don't know. He, he's running it live each time uh, yeah i don't know but he's incredible he's, cool. he's really really good he's legit awesome so cool. uh top 10 top 50 where sticks in your uh in your estimation of bands that uh you know you're gonna tell uh your, your kid about sometime in the future when does sticks come up i I might put them in the top 25. Okay. I wouldn't put them in the top 10. Okay. Um, but I wouldn't put them down in the top 50. I think top 25. Interesting. Okay. Is pretty reasonable. Okay. Um, there's certainly a lot of bands before them. Right. Um, but I, I think, um, you know, I, I, I think if, if, if one of our, our, our last things that we have to answer is um, what do you do while you're listening to Sticks? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's. I think it's, um, we're probably looking at some, um, maybe some white trash activities. Um, Such as? You know, you listen, to, you listen to sticks while you're riding a jet ski. Um, you listen <laughs> to sticks while you're weed eating your yard with the sleeves of shirt on. Um, that's, that's when you're listening when to When you're sticks. trying to listen it's, to Carry On Your Wayward Son, but you don't want the disgrace associated with the band come up. Yes. Sticks. Yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. Sticks. That's it. <laughs> All right. That's it. awesome. That's the, yeah, that's uh, the definitive podcast on sticks. I, I hope they'll yeah. enjoy this. Uh, and, and all the six fans. Cool, man. All right. Well, it's Absolutely. been fun. Good times. Let's do it again next week. All right, man. That sounds good.